What's up, everybody? Welcome to The Building Code. I'm Zach Witovich. And I'm Charlie Bertwistle. And today we have a very exciting guest, very energetic guest today to talk a little bit about strategic planning. So buckle up, because we are about to come up with some effective strategies, Absolutely. Charlie. We it's could a, use some help. Yeah, it's, it's a, a timely topic, obviously, here at Builder Trend HQ. You know, just put together kind of our Q4 plan, rolling into 2024 plan, uh, budgets, spreadsheets, PowerPoints is just my entire life. So I'm excited to hear from someone else how they do it. Uh, hopefully pick up a few things. Um, Sam's incredible. I know he was in Omaha not that long ago. I've heard nothing but great things about him. Uh, so yeah, I think it's going to be a good interview. Yeah. Well, we won't waste too much time. we got a lot to talk about. Let's get him in here. All right. Hey, Sam, welcome to The Building Code. It's so great to have you on. How are you doing? I'm doing great today. How are things out in New Jersey? So we had a rough patch of weather come on in the last couple of days. Uh, but I can tell you, last weekend was phenomenal. Uh, I had people uh, down our shore house in, in the ocean. So oh. Went from, oh, yeah, 78 degrees to uh, 31 degrees. So not really a good day for us today. <laughs> that's some Nebraska swings yeah, and weather. Yeah, that's a wild swing. And we there. don't have the ocean, though, so we never feel too bad for our uh, coastal friends. You know, like we're <laughs> landlocked. We got maybe a couple lakes that we can check out occasionally. Nice. Yeah, we're really excited to have you on The Building Code to talk about some interesting topics that we haven't really spent a ton of time talking about, like how do you budget for the future and your strategic plan of your business? We like to get in those. But I'm excited to like kind of dive deep. I also heard through the grapevine that you came to Omaha for Builder Training University recently. I sure did. How was that sure experience? Did. So Stan and I came there and uh, I had no idea. I thought there was just going to be bisons, cows, and <laughs> all kinds of farmland. And That's why was I was like pleasantly surprised. I love, it's not the stereotype, but I love talking to East Coasters because their perception of Omaha are always uh, like that like where's the bison at and so i always have this saying i've said it before it's like omaha is a city that will exceed your expectations because you don't have any so hopefully you had a great time it was awesome that you came and visited us and uh, the girls that help us produce the show were raving about you so no pressure today ever been on a podcast before uh no this will be my first one all right we like to hear that it makes us look cool when we know what we're doing because <laughs> if you took us out on the job site you would not bring us back. You would not last <laughs> very long. Well, like Zach mentioned, we're getting into some exciting stuff uh, later on in the episode. But first of all, um, for those of us that weren't fortunate enough to meet you at Billerton University, can you tell us just a little bit about yourself and kind of how you got started in construction? Sure. Um, so I'll do the abbreviated version. So uh, I don't want to take up the whole hour <laughs> just talking about myself. But uh, I can tell you, I started... Um, getting into this business uh, after I, I joined the military when I was 17 years old. So my junior year of high school, I was in Fort Knox, Kentucky, um, came out, finished my senior year. Uh, after my senior year, I, I started at a good old Camden County Jail. I was a correction officer. Um, I stayed there for five years. Uh, I bought my first property at 19. This was before uh, they had this thing called YouTube, where you can pretty much learn anything you want. You just go on there and search it up. And then you could pretty much figure out anything you want to do as far as learning for free. Um, fast forward, I, I bought my first house. They didn't have YouTube. I go to Home Depot. I bought this book. I still have it, I think. It's called Home Depot 123, hmm. right? So that was my YouTube. You flip to the page, you go, oh, I, could, I could probably figure this one out. Um, kind of did that for a while. And then uh, 
fast forward, I, I bought, you know, once I had my duplex, I lived in one side, I ran out the other side, I bought another property. I rented that out. Um, and then, you know, a couple of years later, I, I bought another property, did that. Um, by that time, I had a construction company going, right? I was 22 years old. Uh, we did a lot of insurance claims uh, type work. Uh, then we signed contracts at 23 uh, with a couple of the insurance carriers that were local to us, and we were their exclusive uh, contractor. Um, there I learned all uh, how to do Xactimate. Uh, I studied all the price books. Uh, we, we got to a, a, a pretty much a network of 11 full-time employees and uh, some great subcontractors. Um, then uh, after that, I became a police officer. I started a flooring store uh, while I was a police officer, showcase flooring. Um, I did that for uh, about five years until I had 10 years into the uh, law enforcement career. I was able to to retire out of that at 10 years, not with my full pension, but I said, hey, let me go ahead and make this leap. I, I think I'm ready for it. And I was making the same money as I was in my part-time business was, you know, really full-time, but I was doing both full-time. I had to make a choice. It was either continue to grow or just finish out this police career. Um, I, I thought, you know, this was an exciting career. I liked doing the design. I liked dealing with people uh, in a good way, able to make them happy every day. Uh, I also liked my police job and helping those people. Um, but uh, I, I chose the, the uh, construction route. So uh, at that point, um, I pretty much left the police department. I bought my first flip. Um, I had about $30,000 cash to my name. Uh, I bought it for $30,000. Took me six months to fix it up because I had no money to uh, put into the building supplies. So over the next six months, as I was making money, I put it in into the property, uh, put an additional $30,000, so 60,000 total. I uh, sold that property for $125,000. Now I had money. So my next house, I bought it for 70. I put 30 into it, I sold it for 170. I did that 17 times that year, continued wow. out. Now what, I, now what I did is uh, I started buying rental property. So I took that money that I was making from my flips. I also had my flooring company going. Um, and uh, I started buying rental properties, cash. So I'd buy two flips, I'd flip two, and then that was my thing. I'd rinse and repeat it. I'd buy uh, rental cash. Now I own 40 properties. Uh, I also own a, a hotel down North Wildwood on the beach, um, eight, eight units. Uh, I also own a couple other rental properties down there. And uh, now we're doing new construction. Um, I have a staff of 40 full-time employees and we have subcontractors. Um, I read a book, uh, it's called Traction from Gino Wickman. Uh, I suggest that book to everyone. Uh, I'm not a good reader, but guess what? I'll read a book twice, I'll pick it up once, right? Mm -hmm. um, so uh, from that point, um, I figured, yeah, I could definitely do this myself. It's going to take a long time. I ended up hiring a coach after 20 years of, of doing it. I go, hey, I'm going to hire a coach. I should have did it in the beginning, but I thought there's no way I can afford it. It doesn't work, and you don't, you don't need CRM. You don't need none of that stuff. And you know, later in life, I go, you definitely need all that stuff I said you didn't need in the beginning. Um, the other issue or challenge I, I made for myself, because, again, I never really worked for anybody but myself, um, was I built the business around me. So uh, everything was me. The sales was me. The installation was me in the beginning. Uh, everything was me. And I still had that. So I'm breaking out of that, them habits over the last three years. And that's when I linked up with, with Builder Trend. I, I used the software uh, for a good year before I even rolled it out to my, my team because I figured, hey, it's very robust. It could do anything you possibly can want in a system. Let me pick out three things, get sufficient of those three things, and then in three months, I'll do another three things. And then in a year, I got 12 things under my belt. Uh, now I got 24, and we got it out to our team. So it's it's a great process once you get it in place. 
Um, and then I was able to obviously travel out to uh, Omaha and, and meet the team and see how wonderful uh, the system is at Builder Trend and even the people in the system, which makes the system because the people are Builder Trend. Those guys were phenomenal. Everyone is there to help you. And it's really appreciative from, you know, me, myself as the owner, all the way down to our, our field crew that if they have questions, they can go on there and, and get them answered. Um, I like the way the Builder Trend was laid out. You have your sales team with your your golf in the middle and pumping up the sales, you know, uh, to, to your, your technical side, you could tell they're technical people, uh, no pun intended. Um, <laughs> but anyway, um, fast forward, I, I guess in my construction company, um, now we're, we're setting up templates, um, which we had it on you know paper and thousands of pieces of paper. Now we have it on Builder Trend. So um, literally a job comes in, a uh, kitchen job, I'll give you an example, kitchen job comes in, our operation guy pumps a template in seconds into the computer with a Gantt schedule. And that gets pushed off to the uh, the project manager who confirms all the measurements and puts the uh, the order in. Uh, our next thing is POs, getting those POs set up. And the whole process is going to be seamless. And it's all due to uh, obviously track the book traction and, and builder trend along with our team really putting it to you. So if you're, you're willing to take the extra step, an extra mile of putting your time into it, you, you will get it back and some on the back end once it's set up. Well, that's yeah, awesome to hear. Zach is one of the directors of our customer success team, so I'm sure you talking about how you rolled it out and learned and implemented the software was music to his ears. Sounds like it went swimmingly, you know. I just oh, yeah. I love to oh, hear yeah. it. Yeah, I got to tell you, um, it, it was definitely uh, it was a big step for me because um, again, QuickBooks versus Joyce, and then having Trello and having tried every jobber i've tried every software you tell me i've i tr i did the, the trial i did the pay trial i i paid for builder trend for the year mm -hmm. i spent that you know a few thousand dollars just to say hey does this work I, I did the thing with you know a bunch of uh different softwares but you can pretty much tell me where you're at in your process and i'll tell you hey this is the one for you for now and then when you grow up you got to go to this one and then when you grow up you got to go to this one um so that's kind of where uh I, I fit into things with builder trend and uh our construction company and and where I see our future um, is definitely uh, right now into templates and into making uh, selections on the front end and having those selections there for the customers uh, so that this way we're not reinventing the wheel every single time we sell a kitchen every time we sell an addition or a new construction project we have the packages so I'm going to start selling packages instead of selling the job itself because I feel like it's just that much smoother once you get it all set up especially given the volume and you know, the reach of the types of things that you're doing with your business, it's important to have repeatable processes and things that actually make, make it so those will happen on their own without, as you pointed out, it having to always be the, the bespoke craft of like someone who has a very specific skill set for your process. Um, so it's really cool that you're really leaning into what Builder Trend is great at, which is keep building scalable solutions, making it so you, your life's easier and you can continue to grow. Yes, absolutely. That, that's the other part of it. So, uh, you know, once we started doing the uh, templating and once we started doing the actual accountability and the actual position names, because before it was, we were a big team, but everyone was doing everything. And the problem with that, there was no accountability when something wasn't done. It was, hey, I thought she was doing it. Hey, I thought he was doing it. And, you know, it's pretty much passing the buck. So, now we have uh, an operations manager who's in charge of the project managers. And then we have a sales manager, Stan, who couldn't make it on the show, but, um, you know, he's in charge of the sales guys. And then in the field, we actually have, it's almost like, a, I call it like a football team because we do a lot of, you know, the football players, mm -hmm. 
a lot of the Eagles guys were definitely Eagles fans. Um, and we call ourselves almost like a football team. We're a team where we have, you know, different positions and different people that we need uh, to execute these projects and get them done. And Builder Trend has been instrumental in putting it all together. That's amazing. We wanted to bring you on today, talk a little bit about that evolution. So it sounds like you at one point where, you know, kind of a one man show, you've grown tremendously and now you're recognizing the need to kind of have different specializations within the business. When did that start to happen for you? When did that kind of realization of you, you're needing to create these verticals within your company start to really take hold? Okay. So I, I think, you know, once I started getting to a point where I wasn't able to remember everything going on mm. and, and I was outgrowing that, that paper, like writing notes down everywhere. Um, and, and I thought I had a good system. I had a lot of whiteboards and those whiteboards work great, you know, for maybe 30 or 40 jobs at a time. Uh, we're pushing over a hundred jobs right now at a time. Um, so, um, you know, once I got to that point where I go, Hey, listen, this isn't going to work. There's no way I'll be able to effectively put up a schedule and keep track of it. Uh, keep on top of the customers, be able to know every single job. I've actually have my hands on it. Um, that's when I, I, I realized that we need to do something, um, which we did. We took some action we had maybe about seven different softwares between clocking in as one, um, doing the estimate as a second project management as a third, which was on paper and half on another CRM and, you know, all that stuff. And we were able to put that all together and make it work with builder trend. Um, that, that to me was, uh, you know, something that we had to do and, uh, is making my, my business actually scalable and equitable. Cause you know, the other thing, again, when, when you're talking about a business, um, when you take that main person out of the business and that it doesn't run anymore, that's not a business. That's a job. So I don't want to have a job. I want to have a business where everyone knows what they're doing. Everyone enjoys what they're doing and everyone knows how to execute. If someone falls out, just like a football team, like something happens, someone else is able to pick that them steps up, know exactly what to do and, and be able to scale that, that project or that instance to that next level. Yeah. I love that. And, and maybe going off that a little bit more with like the strategic planning aspect, one of the things that we want to get into today. I love hearing your story and, and, and how you started, put everything I had into one house until that was done, flip it, then buy the next one and move on. So you've always been planning, uh, which I think is, is, I mean, your story is just an awesome one to hear. Um, how has that translated um, as you've grown, as you're managing multiple locations, doing multiple different things now? How do you take kind of the early planning, which was just like, get this one house done? And how has that kind of transformed and shifted as you've grown your business? Okay, so um, for that, what we do is we have systems. Um, we call it uh, for uh, kitchens, like an 18-point checklist. Uh, we also have for a whole house flip, I have a 42-point checklist. Uh, for bathrooms, we have an 11-point checklist. And, and you can package those up individually or, or together. So say you're doing a house with two bathrooms and a kitchen. Uh, we pretty much have that ready to go. From the start of the job where the sales is taking that, that sales contract, which is made in a template, and able to pick everything out on site with the customer um, to passing that off to the project manager who's going to take that and come up with a checklist with um, an ETA, like a pretty much an estimated time of when we're going to start each phase of the project, who's going to be there, what they're going to actually be doing, and then they will report back to the office and check off, hey, this is done today. Builder Trend does that for you. 
So that's where I think the, the scalability and strategic planning comes into play um, with future jobs too. So we know, hey, this bathroom here, we know it's gonna be a week and a half. Or this bathroom here, you know, we're setting up now, we're trying to set up the uh, one day wet wall bath system, um, which will be part of our whole package on sales. Well, we know, hey, this crew is gonna do 25 bathrooms a month and they're gonna go in here and do this and then we're gonna have the guys come behind them and strategically plan that out so that all our material is on, at the warehouse, ready to go and staged for the pickup for our driver that day and, and repeat that every single day. I'm curious, one of the things, when, you know, I think everybody, Mike Tyson line, you know, everybody's got a plan until I get punched in the mouth. And <laughs> yep. It's interesting because I think contractors were probably caught off guard with COVID. No one, no one, everyone was, it wasn't just contracting. Sure. Did you pivot kind of how you were operating your business during the COVID times um, at all? Or did you double down on kind of what your plan and what you were trying to execute on at the time? Okay, yeah. so we went sideways on, on COVID. So I'm like, oh no, what's gonna go on? We kept on continuing our jobs. We, we shut down zero days, zero days. Um, before COVID, uh, my whole outlook was we would buy one house a week um, to flip mm. in addition to our bathrooms and our kitchens and our additions and our decks and all that. Um, and what had happened was all those um, you know evictions got paused. You couldn't evict. Uh, the foreclosures got paused. I, I didn't. I wasn't getting that income anymore, and all that was uh, was all tied in with you know how we operate our business every day. So um, fast forward, you know, um, as we're getting these jobs done, I'm thinking, oh, what's going to go on now? And, you know, even the market started to tag. We I bought another house for myself to live down the shore. Um, but what what ended up quickly turning was. Now, all of a sudden, everyone's calling us for these retail jobs, and now I have the capacity to take them on, where other guys, they were shutting down. They're oh, we're going to get rid of everybody. No, I was I was running full force right into this thing and uh, planning and, and strategizing, hey, how can we get all these jobs covered? And so instead of doing that, you know, the retail or the flip house, we were doing the retail kitchen and the retail bathroom, and it just came on us. And it came on so fast and, and so furious that, we couldn't keep up. So um, that's when we started hiring. And, you know, I think our processes needed to change. And that's what we've been working on for the last year and a half, those processes. So that this way, if this market does change it, and it will, there's no way it can stay up there. I mean, it'd be great if it did, um, but we're going to be ready for that change also. Um, we're just going to be more organized. We're going to be more efficient. And uh, we're going to be a lot smarter and have all of our materials in-house at our warehouse versus going out and just buying them as it goes along. Because uh, I feel like, you know, we have the control over not having subs, having in-house guys to do what we do when we need to do it. And then also if we have the material there, that, that kills the down, downtime of going to the supply chain, supply houses, uh, and waiting for them when we get staged it way before that even happens. And that that's so far increased our efficiency about 19% since we started rolling out in January. Wow. So our bottom line numbers are going up. Uh, our, our jobs are also going up. But I was... Uh, actually strategizing for them to go down, uh, but that, but I'll get, uh, that's okay. I'll, I'll take it. I'll take it while it's here. Yeah. So I think the, your mindset and the way you think about things is, is awesome to hear. It's something, like I said, Zach's just grinning from ear to ear because how you guys think about things and use builder trends, how we want all of our customers to like process, 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 efficiency, standardize. How can we get rid of repeatable tasks and really incorporate the entire business? 
So it's awesome to hear that that's working for you. Obviously, we're in, well, when we're recording this now, it's November. I think it's getting released in December. People are, I'm sure, thinking about 2024, what their goals are. As you kind of get to a year end and you're getting ready for your next year, what are some of the like large pillars that you like to think about um, of what you're going to do, not just from maybe a strategy perspective, but from a budget perspective as well? And what's kind of your process for nailing that as the, the year is turning? I think our, our listeners would find that really beneficial. Okay, so uh, what I'm doing, uh, start with the office. I have an office and a showroom. Um, we went through over the past three months, and I, I really analyzed and dove deep into what we were selling, uh, what was most profitable, and what we want to keep on with us, and what we want to just cut out totally. Um, and some of those things, you know, we made money on. Uh, one of those things was concrete. Concrete was something where, hey, we made money on it, but we didn't make enough money to keep us um where we want to be profit wise and job wise so we're going to cut that off totally we'll use that as a subcontractor instead of having it in-house um which again still there uh we just don't want to focus on that primarily uh because me to scale it isn't going to be there um now the other thing is where we did be able to figure something out bathrooms bathrooms is something i'm going to have in stock um we're going to have uh pretty much the nicest panels and i searched from may till now i flew all over the country to find the top products uh, that I'm going to stock in-house uh, for our system for our one-day bathroom. Uh, they're beautiful. They're a solid surface material. Um, and then uh, we're going to set up trucks for just that. So I bought th three new trucks just for that. We'll have three installers just for that. And we'll have salesmen just for the bath systems. Um, we're also going to change our displays and showroom to have all those systems. So that this way, if the customer wants to actually see it, feel it, and touch it, they can come in and do that also. Um, and then as far as the, uh, the other part of the task of, you know, kind of projecting what's going on, um, we, we think there's going to be like a downturn, um, in as, as far as how many people are putting, obviously new, new homes with the, the interest rates going up. Uh, I think, you know, that, that might kind of die off a little bit, um, but that could change at any moment. We're not really worried about that too much. Um, but what we are, uh, concerned about is making sure that our guys are busy every single day and we're making a profit every single day so the way we're lining our jobs up um utilizing again um our builder trend for the templates for the scheduling uh the selections process in there uh and then pretty much systemizing everything from start to finish that's where my key um my key points are to, to basically target that as my most important thing to do from now uh until the new year and then new year just roll out and fully have what we're doing in the first quarter, um, getting our selections down and getting our sales started and then starting to turn over to our pretty much our in-house stuff versus our, you know, our suppliers and all that. That's a, you're, you're thinking so many steps ahead. I, I saw the 10 year treasury bond dropped a few basis points today. And so the interest rates may, they're tied very closely to the prime rate. So maybe we'll get a little relief in the new year on the interest rates, but that was like kind of where I was going to go with it is, you know, it's like with COVID and then now we get the high interest rates. I'm like, if you don't have a plan and you're kind of leaving, you're risking the unknown and you don't have a baseline to try and get back to or know what you need to change. Uh, I am curious too, as far as how you administer your builder trend. So do you have an operator that runs it end to end or is it, you know, you have your sales manager runs the sales side and your construction manager runs the construction side. How do you actually do the execution, which is just as important as the plan? Okay, so I'll go into that real quick from start to finish. So a uh, call comes in. Uh, we have a system called 3CX. 
Um, it rings our office phones, voice over IP. It records the conversations. Uh, anyone could pick it up from their cell phone uh, if they have the app downloaded. Uh, we can also do a group call on it, uh, kind of similar to what we're doing now. Yeah. Um, we also can forward that call over to somebody. Uh, it's also the customer can also text that phone number so they're not texting our personal cell phones. And whoever's responsible for that person can pick it up and say, I got it. Literally, they click on it. Um, it says, or they can archive it, or it says handled. Like literally, you click on it, it said, click it handled, it's done. You don't have to worry about it. It's off the plate. It goes to theirs personally. Once they, they do it, they archive it, it's done. Uh, so basically, we see it funnel in, we see it funnel out. New uh, new sales coming in as far as through the phone system. Uh, we have an off-site person who handles all the scheduling um, for the uh, sales and sets up the appointments for our sales guys. Um, and then once that's done, uh, they'll report back and she'll check in with the sales guys. And pretty much what she does is make sure she follows up with the homeowners uh, if the sales guys are, are tied up, she'll say, hey, tomorrow you have these four people. It's been one week. If we don't get back, she sends them out an email or, or calls them, follows up, uh, answers any questions to the best of her ability, um, then it gets passed off. So uh, then, so on the sales part, that's that's going to be Mary. And then on the next side, which when people make the deposits, uh, we automatically know that the deposits are made. That's where our office manager takes that puts all the, the, the uh, information into a packet, a job packet. Uh, and then if it's a permit, she'll handle the permits there. Uh, once that's done, it goes over to operations. Operations then loads the operations sections of Builder Trend, the scheduling section of Builder Trend. Uh, he, pre he preloads uh, whatever templates involved with each job. Um, and he gets that ready for the PM meeting. Um, and normally for, for just say an idea, within 24 hours of a deposit, they get a welcome email and within 48 hours, they get a call from the, the project manager to schedule the PM meeting. The PM meeting, depending on the size of the job and what's in tail with the job, sometimes the salesman needs to be out there with them um, just to go over things and make sure that, that nothing's missed or something that might have been said at the time that the you know customer and sales guy were talking uh, that doesn't get say, hey, you know, he was supposed to do this. Well, now we, we nip that right in the bud at that PM meeting. Uh, from that PM meeting, um, we pretty much already have our uh, kitchen layout or, or layout already done because um, the permits were already completed and turned in. Um, so then the uh, project manager will meet out with um, the subcontractors, electricians sometimes, or, or plumbers, um, and then they go over their process. And then once it's in the PM's hands, it pretty much stays in there until the job is completed 100%. And then once that's completed, we bring our sales guys back. Uh, for the jobs to take pictures, talk with the customer, go over, you know, what went well, what went better. Um, you know, was there anything else that we could do for them? And uh, basically thank them for uh, giving us the opportunity to uh, serve them in that capacity. That's amazing. There's so much that has to happen before you can even do the construction. <laughs> right. But you've, you've got the velocity down. I mean, there's no dead time. Everything's thought of. The details are outlined. It's If you're a listener, this is how it's done. I mean, it's... That's a, a serious operation you got going. That's amazing, Sam. Thank you. Yeah, I'm I, sure you just did it right overnight, <laughs> you know? Just oh, yeah. So, like that's the other thing. so when customers go, man, how long have you been doing this? It's crazy. I said, well, this is actually my third day. Like, third day? <laughs> uh, <laughs> they're like, wow, uh, this, this must be easy. Yeah, no oh, kidding. Yeah. Uh, that's so funny. I think um, something that I'm really impressed with as well, and maybe you could speak a little bit more on, like you've been heavily, heavily, 
uh, focus in this interview on kind of the process, the internal work. Obviously, you're flying all over. You're finding the finest quality materials. How can we become more profitable business? But you're also still delivering really, really high quality work as well, too. Could you talk a little bit about that side of things and just the focus that you have on your customers, um, on your product and ensuring, obviously, you've built a tremendous reputation for yourself. Um, just ensuring that high quality and in, in, in that your name sticks out when people see it. Yes. So our, our customers are our company. Uh, we love our customers and our customers love us. Um, we, we have a great reputation with our customers and uh, I feel like we always go the extra mile. And uh, people, buy, people buy from people. People really don't buy from companies. You know, um, when we go to the job uh, and our project managers go to the job, they actually care. Like we have people around here that are happy to be here. Um, if people aren't happy to be here, we, we ask them to leave. Um, and I think um, doing that over and over again, um, you'll see that our customers and our culture that we've built around here um, is second to none. And, um, you know, when we go to our customers' houses and we figure everything out and we try and get their vision and we, we try and put it in and make their dream come true, um, I really feel having the right people in the right places, the right tools, equipment, and the right attitude is what you need to succeed. And the money comes later. Like, I don't really care about the money. If, if it's something where, hey, you know, we should have done this or we should have done that or this is the right thing, always do the right thing, even if it costs us money, because in the long term, it always comes back tenfold. And that's kind of the, the attitude we take with everything. Right there with you, Sam. Right there with you. We're up against the clock. So, I'd, you know, we'd love to come back and yeah, we got to get another episode on the books. Uh, I feel like we're just scratching the surface here. I just looked at the clock and yeah, 28 minutes in already. It felt like two. So um, yep. appreciate the time today, Sam. This was a fantastic interview and appreciate you making time and got to come back to Omaha again. I, I think I missed you the first time around, but yeah, I would love to see you here in HQ. Got it. Thank you for having me. Really appreciate that, Charlie and uh, Zach. All right. We just had Sam in here talking all things builder trend all things business decisions and planning it was a lot of fun a lot of energy sam was a lot of advice that you could pick up and i just really am impressed with how how he has every detail has been considered in the way that he operates his business and there's just little things that you think don't really make a difference but then in and together the right. integrated choices you make about how you're gonna reduce that friction really helps you do a lot with as you know do a lot of execution because you're able to address every situation right and i was just really impressed with that that is a rare thing that you see and only the the fastest growers have that all figured out yeah i mean i don't think that there's a surprise the correlation between how much he thinks about process and planning and and ironing out every single detail and the success that he's had um so yeah and he he was obviously just an awesome individual as well too um, I think he may have to be on the short list on people that we bring back for a second episode. Yeah. And you know, what's really interesting is it's, he's got this infectious energy and we're talking about things that I've sat in meetings talking about those very things and I don't feel the same way. And right. It's just cause he had this jovial, just love of what he does and how it helps his people and the product he's delivering and the clients he gets to work with. And it's really special. And that's, it's, it's just an honor to get to kind of talk to someone who really has that that perspective yeah absolutely i think uh you and i are both going to go back to our desks right after this and just like crank out some work finish out the day build some sops yeah maybe yeah honestly maybe stay a little late um 
And we'll have a little SOP sesh. Yeah, let's rip some coffee and get yeah, it done. That's right. Yeah, if we could do something good other than coffee. But yeah, like Red Bull. That's right. Is what Zach meant. Yes. Um, I think that about does it for us today on the building code. Zach, always a pleasure. Sam, thank you again. Um, any closing remarks? We hope to have you back. Don't forget to like, comment, subscribe, all social channels. Check out all podcasts available. More episodes of the building code for you to discover. Thank you so much for listening. See you next time.